And I'm told that we were introduced yesterday to this fabulous Zambian cuisine, Chikanda. <laughs> they have it back there. Not the imitation, not the Chinese one, the real thing. <laughs> All right. It's my privilege to uh, introduce to the second years, whom someone you have not met yet. That's Reverend Audrey Mack, who's teaching the first years right now. You'll have her next week. Yeah. So we're excited because we know that God's got something special for this group of all of our students together. So please come and show your heart. Yeah. And I thought I did. Ha, ah, hallelujah. We always need a good help. Thank you, Cindy. <laughs> hallelujah. I have um, something the Holy Ghost uh, put on my heart. Actually, put it, he dropped it in my heart yesterday. But before I start, and I believe it is the word for you, just repeat after me it's the word for me. Just point to yourself and say, it's a word for me. And I'm going to say, it's a word for me. Amen. Um, the Holy Ghost dropped that word in my heart yesterday. And I believe as I travel, uh, for those of you who don't know me, second year, I, um, and I I'm a teacher, but I'm a missionary. I mean that I travel mostly into the 1040 window um, in a lot of different places around the world, in Bible school, in conferences, in churches, amen. And, um, and I'm excited to be here in Zambia with you guys, and I've been having a great time with the first year. And as I traveled, I noticed that one time the Holy Ghost just started to show me this. And I had been a Christian for years, years, 27 years. And it's, I was in Ethiopia teaching in a Bible school when the Holy Ghost, you know how you read a scripture? And you've read it hundreds, thousands of times. And then all of a sudden, something just jumps out at you. You know what I'm talking about? And how many of you have read Mark 11, 23? You know this, the scripture that Brother Hagin wrote? Yes, if you are in Ramah Bible Training Center, you have read Mark eleven twenty three, correct? And we thank God for Brother Hagin that brought the truth that, uh, of faith to us. Amen? But that day I, had, I, I read that verse and I saw something I'd never saw before. And I had read that verse. You know, just like you, I had been in Ramah Bible Training Center. And I had read that verse hundreds, thousands of times. And, um, you know, you, you, we all know that the Bible says in, in Proverbs 18, verse 21, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. We know that, don't we? That our words have power. You know, to turn with me to Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Hallelujah. Amen. 
And you know, if we get to the place where we said, ah, I know that verse, then you know what? We limit the revelation that God can get to us. So we never want to be like that, do we? We never want to be of those who said, I've already heard it, I know already. Uh-uh, no. We want to hear it because when you get a revelation or something, you want to hear it and hear it and hear it. Amen? Thank you for those two amens. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart that believe that whatever he says will, come to, will be done, he will have whatever he says. We know here that our words have power. Correct? We find out here in Mark eleven twenty three that Jesus, when he taught his disciples on faith and authority, he told them, you can speak to the mountain, and the mountain can be any problem. Correct? Cancer can be your mountain. So you can speak to the mountain and command it to be removed and cast into the sea. Amen? So we know that with our word, we can speak to the problem and command it to be gone. We know that Jesus spoke to the fever in Luke 4.39. He rebuked the fever, and the fever left. Is that correct? We know that when Jesus was in the middle of a, of a lake, and there was a storm, he spoke to the weather, to the, oh, to, the, to the water, to the waves, to the wind, and it calmed down. Correct? Hallelujah. We also see here in that verse 23 that Jesus says that you will have whatever you say. We all, you are first year, end of first year, second year. You know that the Bible says, Romans 4.17, that we can call things that are not as if they were. You know, Ephesians 1.3 said that in Christ we have been blessed with all spiritual blessing. Correct? That they are an inheritance, blessing in the spirit world. And by our words, we can call it into appearance. We can call it from the spirit here into the physical. So there is power in our words. Amen. But this morning, I want to talk about something that has to do with our words. Because, yes, there is power in our words. And before I start, I want, uh, if you allow me, I want to qualify myself a little bit. Because, well, first year, you kind of start to kind of know me. Second year, you don't know me. But, you know, as a teacher, sometimes we are called to say things that, you know, might not be popular or that, you know, doesn't, that doesn't make you too likable. You know what I'm talking about? As a father, sometimes you have to do things or say things, you know, to bring a little correction. Is that correct? You know what Paul said in Galatians? You know the letter to the Galatians was a very severe letter. Amen. When he rebuked the people of Galatia, saying, you know, who has bewitched you that you have abandoned the message that I preached to you? If anybody preached another gospel, let him be accursed. It was a severe letter. But you know what he told them in, in, in Galatians chapter 1? He says, if I try to please man, then I have ceased to be a servant of God. And then in Galatians 4.16, he says, am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? So this morning... I'm going to qualify myself. I, I'm not here just to be likable, even though everybody likes to be likable. Amen. I do. 
But more importantly, I want to bring a word that has freed me and that has advanced me in my ministry. And I hope that that same word will free you and will propel you to bigger, bigger and greater things in the kingdom of God. So if the word that I speak to you, kind of you feel like I might have stepped on your toes a little bit, then shake your feet a little, you know, and said, oh, okay, God, why is this bothering me? Maybe I have a little bit of correction to make. You know, that's a sign of humility, isn't it? When we can be big enough and mature enough to say, you know, little kids, they pay, they do like a temper tantrum. But we're not like that, right? A sign of maturity said, you know what, God, I'm open for correction. I am open because it is correct. It's the truth that sets us free. If, on, if your teachers that stand in front of you only tell you things that you like to hear, you, that limits growth. You'll never grow. It's the truth that sets us free. Amen. So I had really discovered something that, yes, Jesus told us, you can speak to the mountain. Yes, Jesus told us, you can have what you say. Yes, Paul told us that you can call things that are in the spirit world and speak it with your word and bring them into the physical realm. There is power in our words. But why is it that so many in the body of Christ, their words have no power? They speak to the mountain, and the mountain looks at them and says, nah, 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 nah. I'm not going anywhere. Well, we can be one that speaks to the cancer, and the cancer is not going anywhere. And how many of you know that people, they know faith. They know authority to speak to the problem. They know they believe they receive, but yet they seem that their authority and their words are powerless. And that things are not moving. Things are not changing. Now, why is that? Because we know that when God speaks, things move. When Jesus spoke, the mountain moved. The Bible said that he spoke with authority. And you know, you always have those, you know, when Jesus spoke, things happened. You know, why is it that when God spoke, his words were with power and authority? And you always have those that said, well, well, you know, Sister Audrey, you just have to command a little louder. In the name of Jesus. You've got to be a little more powerful. Your voice has to be strong. Your voice has to be loud. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that, you know, your word that has, that has nothing to do that how loud you are, how many times you move your, your arms, and how many times you tell the mountain to move? Why is it in Jesus or in God that when he spoke to the mountain, the mountain had to move? Why is it that when Jesus spoke to the fever or to the wind, things happened? You know, the Bible shows us why and tells us why. In, in, in Mark, go with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. In verse 26, and keep your finger on Mark, we'll get back there. In James 1:26, it says, if anyone among you thinks he's religious, and that's religious in the good way, not in the bad way, or you could say things that is godly, 
Would you agree? He says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious or godly and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless or vain. Now here, when I studied that verse one time, I discovered it says that if one doesn't know how to bridle his tongue, his religion is useless. The, the word bridle in the Greek actually means to lead, to guide, to restrain. It also means uh, uh, to keeping, to hold in check. And the word, another word caught my attention, useless. And I looked in the word useless in the Greek, and this is what it meant, mataios, which means devoid of force, of power, of success. And result. Here, James says, the one who doesn't know how to lead or hold his tongue in check, bridle his tongue, and, and, and keep it, uh, guide his tongue, his religion is without power. His religion is useless, does not produce any power or any result. And we know that when God speaks, there is power. When God speaks to the mountain, they are result, correct? What? So what is it? What's the difference? God says the reason is because God magnifies his word above his name. The Bible says, turn with me to uh, um, in Psalm 138 verse 2. He says, for you have magnified your word above your name. And the name of God speaks of his reputation. Amen. It says here that God, when he speaks, there is power because God magnifies his word above his name. You know Hebrew 1.3? It says that all things are held together by the word of his power. Did you notice? It doesn't say by the power of his word. As if his word have some power. No, no. He says that all things are held together by the word of his power. Do you know what that means? That his word is power. His word is powerful, has all power. God, his word has all power because God has magnified his word above even his name and above his reputation. The Bible even say, go with me to a number 23. What does it mean when he says, I've magnified my word above everything else? In number 23 verse 19, he says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Has he spoken, and will he not make it good? You know what that means? That when God speaks, he does it. If God says something, 
is going to do it. He's going to perform it. That's what the Bible says in Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, he says that God watches over his word to perform it. You know what that means, really? That means that God is going to guard over whatever he says he's going to do it. That is why his word has all power, because his word has all integrity. You see, God doesn't lie. If God says something, he's going to guard, watch to perform that word, to make it good. Because God is a God of his word. God is a God that when he speaks, he does it. And God has, his word has all power. Why? Because his word has all integrity. Hallelujah. God is a God of his word. Hallelujah. His word is completely linked to his integrity. You know, if for one minute God fails or loses his integrity, you know what will happen? All of his world will self-destruct. It will. The Hebrew 1.3 says that all is upholding all of this world by his word. When he spoke, let there be light. That word is still being up, is still upholding the world. When God says, let there be, let there be, his word is now still upholding all things. The universe is being held together because of the integrity of his word. And if God was one minute to lie, if God was one, one minute not be faithful to his word, to not to accomplish it or to guard it or to perform it, if God's word loses integrity, it loses all power. Then you know, you know what that means for us? Do you know what that means for us? If God's word has all power because it has all integrity, could it be maybe that our word doesn't have any power because our word doesn't have any integrity? Go with me, if you don't mind. Let's go to Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three. It says, "For assuredly I say to you, whoever who is a whoever here, and you, do I have any whoever? Assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea." And does not doubt in his heart. But believe that those things he says will be done. That those things he says will be done. That those things he says will be done. When you say something, do you believe it will be done? When you said, Pastor, Pastor, I'm coming here at 5 o'clock to help you clean the church. Do you believe in your heart it will be done? Selah. Jesus said, you will speak to the mountain 
command it to be removed and it will obey you. When you believe, when you speak, and when you speak, you believe that what you say will be done. You see, God's word has power because God's word has integrity. And our word does not have any power because most of us, our word has no integrity. We say, I'll be here at 5 and we show up at 6.30. We say, I'm going to give you uh, 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 500,000, what's the name of the, kwacha, and then you never see it. You said, I'm going to help you with children's church. And then you never follow up with your word. You see, God has power because when God speaks, he watches over his word to perform it, to do it. And that means there is hope for us. If we can be like God, people of integrity, that when you say something, you watch over your word to perform it. That, that means you can come to the place where your word has power. Hallelujah. So many times, you know, the Bible says, Jesus said it plainly, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And anything other comes from the evil one. Do you understand what he's saying? We've got to be people like God. We've got to be people of integrity. Look at, look at in, in Psalm. Psalm 15, verse 4. Psalm 15, verse 4. He's talking here in verse 1. He says, who may abide in your tent, in your tabernacle? And in verse 4, he says, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. Question, how many of you would like to honor the Lord? Let's see what he says. He says, he who, honors those who fear the, who, uh, he honors those who fear the Lord, he who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Do you know what that means, my friend? That we've got to be like God, that when you say something, you've got to watch over your word to perform it, even if it hurts. You know, there's been time in my life, once I understood that my authority and the power of my words was linked to the integrity of my words, then I started to watch over my word. I started to watch to what I said. And when I told a friend, I'm going to help you with this, then I watched over that, even if it hurts, even if it was not convenient, even if all of a sudden something better came up. I said, no, 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 no. I have got to honor my word. Because if I don't honor my word, I lose my integrity. And if I lose my integrity, I lose the power that is in my Amen. words. Yes. You see, here it is. The Bible even says in number 30, verse 2, it says, If a man vows a vow, or swears an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word, and he shall do according to all that comes out of his mouth. My friend, we have got to watch what comes out of our mouth. And we've got to, like God, watch over our word to perform it. And when we say something, we, gone, we have to do it. 
Now, I understand that there are times you say, I'm coming at 5 o'clock, traffic, problems, something comes that you don't have any, you know, anything to, to you cannot help. Friends, there are cell phones today, isn't there? One phone call. I'm sorry, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. You understand what I'm saying? But we've got to learn to be people that just like God, when we speak, we watch over our words to perform them, to do what we say. Because we understand that what we say, the integrity of our words is linked to the power, to us exercising authority, to us walking by faith, to us speaking to the mountain and see it move. So you know, I guard, I have learned, I've had, because here is the thing, you know, in time past, you know, even 50 years ago, maybe 100 years ago, when you gave your word, it was like signing a contract. When you get, you, you remember the, the expression, I give you my word. Where was that born from? Because back then, when you gave, you didn't have to sign a contract. You didn't have, you just gave your word. And when you told somebody, I'm giving you my word, it was like, you can count on it. You can depend on it. I, and, and if somebody did not honor their words back then, they lost their reputation. They lost their honor and they influence in the community. Isn't that true? And so, what happened through the years? Why is it that today people speak lightly? That people say things they don't mean and don't mean what they say? Because the devil has persuaded us that our words have no consequence. The devil has persuaded us that if we say something, no big deal, who cares? We have become a culture where exaggerating is no big deal. We've become a culture where we can stretch the truth. We can ignore that. We can just say, you know, have you ever seen people say, does this dress make me look fat? And people said, I don't want to hurt her feelings. She looks like an elephant, but I'm not going to say anything. So what do you do? Uh, oh, uh, it's a yeah. <laughs> what have you done without realizing it? Because you don't want, you know, you don't have to be crude about it. Say, yeah, it makes you look like an elephant. No, no, no. But... You understand what I'm saying? We have to, despite what the culture say, despite what mama and daddy have said, despite what, and you, we have to watch our words and be careful of what we say and stop saying things we don't mean. Flattery is a form of lie. Amen? We've got, and, and we've got to learn to be Persons of truth, because Jesus was a person of truth. We can be kind about it, gentle about it, but you know what I tell people? Don't ask me what I think unless you want to hear the truth. Don't ask me if that dress is going to make you look pretty big, fat, whatever, if you're not prepared to hear the truth, because I am not going to compromise my integrity.
Do you understand what I'm saying? The devil has convinced us as being part of our culture that you don't want to offend, that you got to twist. You know, it's just a little lie. You know, the guys that said, I went fishing, and he caught a fish like this. And he said, well, I got a fish like this. You know what we're doing? Without realizing we are losing integrity in our words. We are saying things we don't mean, and we don't mean what we say. But that's why the devil has lied to us. No big deal. You don't have to mean what you say. Your words don't have any that much importance. We feel like when we speak, it's like throwing words and they go nowhere. But you and I know that's not true. Our words have substance, don't they? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So when we say, and did you notice what it said in James 1.26? He says, he who does not bridle his own tongue deceives his own heart. You people of faith, are you not? Thank you for that one. Yes, I'm going to go preach over there. <laughs> now, I know you're thinking, but we, you and I, we all know that faith is, works when we say things that are in our heart. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you see, when we continually train our heart to say things we don't mean, we continually deceive our heart. And the day we stand in front of the cancer and say, cancer, I curse you, I command you to go. The cancer looks at you and your heart says, does he mean it that time? Is it a yes or is it a, I don't know. We have trained to our heart and he doesn't know anymore if we mean, if we don't mean it, if we, do you understand what I'm saying? So we've got to train. We cannot deceive our heart because it is out of our heart that comes the faith. And so we've got to be people of integrity. And by being people of integrity, that means that we're going to watch over what we say. And if you, here it is, if you don't even think that, what, that it cannot be done, because the word says, Mark eleven twenty three, that whatever you say, you must believe it will be done. If you, when you're about to say something, you don't think it will be done or can be done, what's, what do you think? Don't say it. If you don't think it is in your power to help pastor with something or to do something for your church or whatever it might be, if somewhere you don't think it's, you can do it and follow through with your words, then don't say it. Because if you say it and don't perform it, then it's going to hurt your integrity. And if you're in, you lose your integrity, you lose the power of your word. Your heart will be deceived. I know it's not a word that we want to go, hallelujah, let me run around the room. But you, you understand what I'm saying? This is what we need to hear. Because I know I travel everywhere. I hear people all the time. And when I teach on faith, on healing, and, and, and miracles, and, and whatever, and, and, and I tell people, speak to your mountain, speak to your sickness. And I'll have people say, 
I've done that before. Doesn't work. I've spoke to the, you know what? I've seen the one of the, it's not the only problem, but one of the major problem is because people have no integrity in their word. And when they try to exercise authority, they do just that. They try. And they cannot succeed because they have not learned to bridle their own tongues. They have lost integrity. Do you understand what I'm That is the big lie of the devil. Your words don't mean anything. You can say whatever. You can say, I come at, you know, I'll come at 6 o'clock and you don't show up or you come two hours later. I mean, I, mean, I travel and I see that is a huge cultural and I'm not talking just in Africa. I see it in Asia, in South America, in Europe, all over the world. You know why? Because the devil knows. Here is the key. He knows that if he can get you to break your word, he's got you. If he knows he can get you to say what you don't mean and don't mean what you say, he dilutes your authority. So we're not going to yield to his manipulation, are we not? We are intelligent people, right? Am I talking to a responsible, intelligent people who wants to succeed? And I know that every one of you, you might even have asked and wondered, why is it that I don't see power in my ministry? Why is it that I don't see things happen? I pray, I command, I exert authority, and the mountain is looking at me straight in the face and it's not moving. That today might have been the answer to your question. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something. And please, I don't want you to do something unless it's in your heart. You're not going to fool anybody but yourself. And God knows anyway. Amen? So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. We are in a place where really change happens when we are willing to be totally honest. A person that is refused honesty is a person that will refuse growth, change, and progress. So we've got to be honest with ourselves. And I'd like to ask you this morning, if you said, you know what, Audrey, I have not always been a person of my word. I've kind of yielded to that. You know, without even, maybe I didn't even know it. I've just said things I didn't mean, didn't mean what I said. I've said things I haven't kept my words. And if this morning you are wanting to make a quality decision, and I repeat it again, it is not a light. Let's just jump around today and tomorrow we forget about it. Uh-uh. I'm wanting a sincere decision from your heart. That means that you saw the truth and you're going to decide, I am going to watch from now on. I'm going to choose to be a person of integrity. I'm not going to be like everybody else in Zambia. I'm going to dis distinguish myself from the, from the crowd. I mean that I'm going to watch over my word. I'm going to say something and even if it's hurt, it hurts, I'm going to do it. Um, because I understand. So if it is you this morning, I don't want people looking around because who is doing what is none of your concern. 
But I'm going to ask you if today you said, I, I am making that decision that I'm going to watch over my word to perform it. I'm going to become, I want to be a person of integrity. And with the Holy Spirit's help, by the grace of God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a person of integrity. If it is you, I'm, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, shata karabaha sheke terere kish terere. Oh, rabaha sheke terere keshite. Father God, you know and you see. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, that yes, you've brought an awareness, you've brought a, a, a conviction with no condemnation. But I ask you, Holy Spirit, by this conviction, I thank you for your grace to empower them to follow through with their decision. You see it, you know it. And I thank you, God, that from today on, Holy Spirit, you help them. You remind them of this decision they've made today. It might be in one hour, tomorrow, and all through their life. That this message that they've heard will never depart from them. That as they walk through life, through their ministry, Lord, that they would always be reminded of this day, November 6th at 11.50. When they heard the truth and they chose to allow that truth to set them free. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You are the one who brings all things to remembrance. You are the, 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 the spirit of grace that enables us to walk through and, and, and to, to walk in the word of God and be doers of the word. So repeat after me, if you will. Father God. Pray it like you mean it. Father God, I yield my, my will to you this morning. Not as I will, but as you will. And before heaven, before the angels, and before all people this morning, I make a decision to be a person of integrity. I will speak and I will watch over my word to do it. I will be a person of my word. I'll be known as a person of integrity who is dependable, who is faithful, but I will also be known as a person who speaks with authority, that speaks with power. And so, Lord, I do thank you that you've showed me truth this morning because it is your desire, Father, to take me higher, to take me further, and to be a person of influence in the body of Christ. And a person of excellence. Father, thank you. 
I give you permission to convict me, to help me, to remind me, to help me change my course, to stop before I make a mistake. And I ask you for grace to do and to fulfill what I say. Give me grace to be faithful to my word when even it hurts. Remind me when I am at a crossroad, where I am at the place to break my word, that even if it hurts, I will do what is right. Thank you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. You know I'm going to tell you the truth. When I discovered this truth from the Holy Spirit, it's totally changed the way I've talked and the way I... It, 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 and, and, and that's what is, is God is after for us. He wants to take. When he tells us and shows us truth, it's not to hurt us. He's not, what, like we say, a party pooper to make our, our life harder. No, no, no. He, he knows. He wants to help us to be the best we can be. And sometimes to be the best we can be, you know, sometimes it takes a little discipline and training. If you want to run the Olympics with a gold medal, you're going to do things that are not fun, not easy, and not convenient. Isn't that the truth? If you're after the gold medal, you're not just going to do what everybody else is doing. You're going to be willing to make some changes. And I believe for us people, we need to be like God, people of our word. Even if everybody else around you is doing is not doing it, be different. Dare being standing out of the group and standing out of the crowd. And if somebody tells you, come on, you're taking it too seriously, when you say, no, 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 I'm not going to see the football game with you because I gave my word to the pastor that I was going to go and, and, and clean the church. And you're going to have those that will say, come on, you're not serious. Forget it. You're taking it, you're taking it a little too far, aren't you? And people are starting to, in some form, kind of persecute you a little bit, kind of make you look like you're a nerd or kind of like you're different. What's wrong with you? It's at that moment that you have to remember and say, no, I've made, I'm making a decision to be different. And even if it means that it's not going to be popular, or convenient or easy, no, no, I'm going to stick to it. Because on the long run, when everybody else is speaking to their cancer and it doesn't want to go, you will be speaking to the cancer and it will move. So choose ye today which route you want to take. The easy one that leads to destruction or the hard one that's going to lead to life. Who is going to go there with me? Amen. God bless you. You know what scripture comes to mind? Whom the Lord loves, he chasteneth. 
Yeah. Despise not thou the chastenings of the Lord. So thank you for loving us and chastening us. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>